This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 8.46 and you're with Julian and Joyce. And we're going to talk about the business headlines today and splashed on the front page of the Edge Financial Daily. Uh, very dramatically, uh, Tabung Haji's new boss saying, we are not fund managers as uh, Tabung Haji announced plans to trim its equity exposure to just to just 30 to 40 percent from about 50 percent before. Yeah, so this is according to Tabung Haji Group MD and CEO Dato Sri Zukri Samad. He said that their role is to administer the Hajj, so the focus of their investments should change. And he wants Tabung Haji to focus on fixed income rather than equities. I think with about 65 billion ringgit in assets, the fund's equity market exposure has fallen from 55% of its assets to 50% in 2017. So uh, they did that uh, SPV recently to just put them in a legal position to pay out dividends, right? Because before this, they were technically violating uh, the statute by uh, having more liabilities than assets. Mm -hmm. Uh, It should be the other way around when you want to pay out dividends or HIBA. And right now, uh, Zukri said that they can uh, resume uh, legally paying uh, HIBA. So... Um, I'm going to ask the question, right, Joyce? Uh, uh, Tabung, they, they manage between 60 to 70 billion ringgit uh, for people who want to perform the Hajj, for Muslims who want to perform the Hajj. So the question is, are they fund managers? Uh, to me, they are, right? It's quite straightforward. <laughs> well, I guess in this case, what he's saying is that they, they don't want to um, invest so much in equities. What they want to do is go into more fixed income because they view that as a more steady kind of flow of income for them. So at the end of the day, I guess it's their risk appetite. Uh, what he's saying is that um, currently at 50%, this is for 2017, when that's the equity market exposure that the fund had. He's saying, Zukri is saying that he still thinks the ratio remains too high. Okay, uh, so the question now then becomes uh, whether uh, one person represents the uh, risk preference or risk appetite of millions and millions of depositors who are saving for the Hajj. And uh, the, uh, risk, the risk preference is not objective. It's actually quite subjective. Yes, it is. Uh, and I, I, I gather from speaking to, my, uh, to our Muslim colleagues that actually the wait list is quite long, but you get an advantage of saving with Tabung Haji because Tabung Haji gets the bulk of the quotas mm-hmm. uh, g- uh, going into Hajj with mm-hmm. some travel agents uh, getting uh, the rest of it. So if you have a very long time frame and if you under uh, the benefits of Tabung Haji can decide what you want to do with your money, would you be conservative or would you try to take more risk because you have such a long time to save uh, because higher risk, higher returns, right? If you have a longer time frame, you might uh, achieve your goal of saving for that trip much faster. True, but uh, Julian, as you mentioned, it is subjective and it looks like the new management for Tabung Haji, this is the, the direction that they'll be taking. But, you know, it's still subject to board approval. Although if it's approved, then that will mark a sharp realignment of Tabung Haji's asset allocation strategy, which I think had become quite equity heavy in the past few years. So it looks like they want to shift this direction. Perhaps this is a reflection of the risk appetite of the current uh, management. So we have to see whether or not the board approves it. Okay, uh, the other company that's uh, sh- possibly shifting direction is Proton because they're exploring new exports market, especially in Pakistan and the Middle East. 
Proton CEO Dr. Lee Chun-Rong said that uh, they will uh, be going into, they will try to make Middle East, uh, Middle Eastern markets to be on par with the ASEAN region. Yeah, I think this is a strategy to strengthen their global presence. And this year, Proton targets to export 3,000 cars to foreign countries. So we have uh, Proton CEO Dr. Lee Chun-Rong here commenting on such targets. 2017, our export is at 248. Last year, our export is 1,388 units. So this year, we want to export more. For example, 3,000. If government can support me, I can export more. For example, 4,000 or 5,000. We want to focus as a market, but we don't want to forget the other market. We our our best. Go to the other market. Um, and that was Proton CEO Dr. Lee Chun Rong commenting on the Proton's export targets. And I know that uh, the uh, growth is very ex- exponential, uh, growing from almost nothing uh, in terms Low of exports base. to uh, to a, a target of about three thousand. Mm-hmm. But three thousand cars is still um, I it's still very small in the ocean of uh, the car market uh, around the world and around the region. Don't forget that uh, Proton's uh, local market about seventy thousand cars sales a year, and uh, you know the likes of the the car giants that export around the world, they have got uh, a production of uh, millions and millions of cars, right? So does this really change uh, or push the needle in terms of Proton's strategy and earnings? Well, Julian, maybe it's a, a strategy to test the markets first to see whether or not they like Proton cars. But I must say, looking at um, their track record, they are making some headway. I mean, last year, Proton exported 1,388 cars, mainly to ASEAN, compared to 248 cars in 2017. So there's an improvement. Uh, maybe you just test out the market very first, small. see whether very there's small. yeah. Growth see is big, but the the absolute number is yeah. small. Uh, but then maybe it's just to to test out the market first, see whether or not there's demand for proton cars in these new markets. Yeah, I, I think usually if you are a very competitive global player in any product, uh, you actually don't have time to test, right? Uh, because testing may be very costly. Um, and you've got to make a decision on, on strategy mm-hmm. uh, and time, time is on the essence. However, uh, there is some hope pinned on uh, the Proton X70, which is the first ever SUV and uh, the response have been uh, quite positive. Yeah. yeah, and looking at the new markets that um, Proton wants to export to into, is, um, that includes uh, Egypt and Jordan as well. So these are the new markets they're looking at. Okay, the other main headlines is that Dr. Jomo Kwame Sundram, who's an economics professor, has come out, and also uh, one of the members of the uh, Council of Eminent uh, Persons, uh, has come out. the public transportation. Does he? Really? Okay. (laughs) There was an article that came out with a photo of him reading the newspaper in the MRT or MRT. I admire him even Mm -hmm. more now. And he uh, also says that regulating digital currencies uh, is not going to be an easy feat uh, because valuations are highly dependent on perceptions of financial assets. Uh, Right now, the public has only a very superficial understanding of such digital currencies. Yeah, he's saying that, you know, it's not transparency that should be the crux of understanding of Bitcoin, but confidence. Because if our confidence in it goes up, the price goes up. And that is what Bitcoin relies relies on. And, you know, there are no fundamentals involved. That's what he's saying. Okay, but... uh I mean, that goes with uh, a lot of financial products, right? Uh, people, people just trade in it. Uh, some have, fun- some understand the fundamentals, some don't. 
what what are the fundamentals of a piece of paper that's called uh, the US dollar or the ringgit uh, or, or gold, right? Uh, you can't eat gold. You can't put it into your car for fuel. But there is a market for gold. And even with, with Bitcoins, where, where the prices have fallen a lot, right? Uh, so for every seller, there's a buyer, right? Who's that guy who's buying uh, cryptos uh, as the price is falling, right? To to three or five thousand or whatever. Well, I can understand that there should for me like, I'm at the I'm with the camp that there should be some regulation, you know, because at the end of the day, I don't think many people understand what is a digital asset yet, and I think it's good to have that regulation to protect investors. That's the protection, and all the, yeah, and also to look into the area of anti money laundering. You know, it's is very real, and I think um, there should be some regulation there to to prevent. You know, money I understand that point, mm. uh, but going back to uh, the professor, the good professor's point, right, about fundamentals and, and all that, um, that's a little bit more nuanced and, and subtle. And meanwhile, uh, Joyce, mm-hmm. you know, one person who, who has also come out to comment about uh, the ICO ruling is uh, Country Heights uh, boss. Uh, who, uh, who oh. they were going to issue their own uh, horse currency. Yeah, this is Lee Kim Yu, right? Yeah, he's the company's founder and executive chairman. Um, yeah, they wanted to issue horse currency. This was announced a couple of months ago, and he came out with a comment on the regulation. He had called for the regulators to ensure that the new law will not be lopsided and merely oriented to financial services. I, I think uh, there is some point there. Uh, are you yeah. when, when you regulate um, a financial product, are you sort of tipping the advantage to financial institutions in the sense that, uh, you know, the, the gatekeepers, these are the gatekeepers, right? Now you've you got a bank with the banks and, and therefore uh, the banks have a one-up over the users of cryptocurrencies, ICOs and uh, blockchain technology and all that, right? Uh, but Blockchain and cryptos are supposed to be um, autonomous, independent, almost anarchic, right? Uh, where you, you're supposed to have this um, independence and anonymity behind it. But it's because now, of that I find it scary, the regulation, right? Well, you might find it scary, yeah. but there's a whole bunch of people that actually understand it, right? So this is how market works. There are, uh, you know, Tabung Haji has just found out, you know, there are conservative products and, and there are equities, right? Uh, so some... Assets are scarier to, uh, for some and uh, not so scary to others. But right? in this day that we live in, I mean, money laundering and and you know it, it's very real. And and you know you need to know your customer. I think that is a reason why there's there are KYCs in place, KYC rules and regulations. And I mean, but this uh, framework, I think it's not out yet, right? It's just announced, but uh, it's going to be launched only by end March. Yeah, people are going to be looking for details, especially mm-hmm. those who are involved in uh, cryptocurrency services. Now, uh, the other big news, Joyce, is uh, coming from the uh, Malaysian Reserve. Uh, at the World Bank uh, Group's conference yesterday, uh, globalization was the theme of the day. Uh, and uh, Bank Negara Malaysia stated that uh, the rapid technological advancement and globalization has now become an increasingly polarizing force. Yes, yeah, so what you're saying is that we should re-examine policy choices and recalibrate the way forward. Um, I guess, in a way, yes, we have to relook at where we are in terms of policy and, and regulation and all that and be, be more current. Right? That's yeah. what they're saying. Um, uh, Assistant Governor uh, Marzun, Hish, uh, Mar- Marzun Nisham Omar, in his welcoming remarks to the conference, said that uh, there is a growing sense of discontent and injustice towards the globalization trend in recent years. Uh, speaking 
uh, he said that the globalization is a double-edged sword. Mm. Uh, and I'm just wondering whether this is suggesting that uh, perhaps the government should um, come up with policy, very equalizing, uh, equalizing policies such as the universal basic income. Yeah, I think he also points out that, you know, the risk in financial openness to other emerging markets is real and that needs more, um, more needs to be done when it comes to safer capital flows. Again, you know, it's it's all about being safe, knowing your customer and things like that. I guess it also doesn't help uh, with characters such as Donald Trump, who is uh, (laughs) really polarizing the world right Mm. now. So uh, uh, that's something to look out for as well. All right. uh, The nine o'clock news is coming up. And uh, when we come back, we will give you updates from Bursa Malaysia. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.